and we are live with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Nicholas Bavon, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson. And Andrew, the NFL Draft has just finally reached a conclusion after this past Saturday. All seven rounds have been decided. 259 players have been selected. And a very, very... I'm trying to think of the perfect word to describe it. Just an unbelievable draft that we had this week. A lot of surprises happening. Players falling out of the first round. Big time trade up in the top five. A lot of trades overall. 11 quarterbacks were taken in the first 150 picks. A record in the common draft era. A unbelievable draft. I guess that's the perfect way to describe it for this week's NFL uh, draft experience. So you'd say this uh, this draft left you speechless, right? A lot of times it did. Yeah. I mean, A I was speechless at some of the stupidity I saw. And I was uh, speechless at some of the amazing yeah. moments we saw, too. The steals we got. Yeah, I mean, I think when you go into this draft, I mean, we talked about it in our preview show. We knew it was going to be very unpredictable because after pick one, you didn't really know where a lot of teams were going to be going in their direction of the draft. And that played perfectly out in this draft because the way it went down, there was a lot of uncertainty where some teams would do certain picks. Where would they trade? Who would trade up? What would they do if they trade up? And most of the time, it was for guys you were saying, oh, I didn't really expect you to take that guy, but okay, that makes sense for your team. And at the end of the day, it, it was a really good round one. Days two and three also were solid for the NFL. And it gives these teams and these fans a lot of hope going into next season and saying, listen, the draft was really good for us. Maybe next season could be a better year for us. We'll have to see. So you said a lot of things there, and uh, I'm not really going to touch a lot of it. I wanted to start off uh, with a, I don't know, kind of like a a shocking statement, but I think the best way we can go into it is just to kind of recap the draft because what I want to talk about is early on, mm. uh, but not y- you have to start the draft off correctly. And what I'm going to do is uh, to start off the draft, we had Bryce Young going number one to Carolina. Right. Shocker. You know, everyone really saw that. No one, everyone yeah. really saw that coming. I know certain people that have been on the show with us were not, you know, fans of Bryce Young. That's the Alabama bias. The Alabama, the Alabama bias. It's, it's biased on whether you think he's not tall enough to play quarterback or whether you don't like the school he played for. The Panthers, at the end of the day, make the right pick at the current moment. Now, we don't know how Bryce Young's going to be in the NFL. For Panthers, obviously, they're hoping that it all works out, but... Carolina does get their franchise quarterback in Bryce Young with the number one overall pick. They were able to add some talent in the later rounds of this draft. But Carolina, listen, they have to think to themselves, the NFC South is pretty much wide open. They could realistically maybe sneak into the postseason as a division winner because that division is just as wide open as any division in the NFL. I want to see the 7-10 and 10 pride signs when uh, you really might Carolina... See a, you really might see a 7-10 and 10 team win the division. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, I want to see both seven and ten pride te- uh, pride signs in the playoffs. I talked hilarious. about it last night, and I said to myself, "I d- the division's really bad as a whole." And when we do our preview show for the NFL for this upcoming season, I don't know who I'm going to take to win that division because it's really tough to pick it right now. So uh, I, don't know. I mean, I-, I think I would lean towards Carolina. 
See, I would lean towards the Saints, but I, I don't know. I don't really like any team in the division. They're all pretty bad. No it's offense so to any tough. fans of those teams. They're just saying it's just a really, really bad division right now. And I don't. You saw last year, Tampa Bay made the, won the division, and they were under five hundred. So I very much well could see that for the second straight season happening. I would not now, be stunned. Now let's go talk about number two, CJ Stroud. Um, this is where the draft started picking up. So this there was a multi-layered smokescreen here, right? Yep. Because we all expected Will Anderson. They were saying for a while getting taken at number that two. they would go defense at number two, and that they were saying like, that they turned were, out to be a lie. Well, yes, and I'd say it did turn out to be a lie. Listen, they get their franchise quarterback in CJ Stroud. You can say what you want about CJ Stroud, whether he you know isn't doesn't make the brightest decisions. He's got the worst football knowledge of any modern quarterback. Yeah, I mean, doesn't really run as often as you would want a quarterback to if he has the ability to do it. But those things can be fixed upon in the NFL. There's definitely some time for CJ Stroud to do that. But the Texans made the biggest move of the night that started this whole thing. Now, remember, when we did our preview for the draft, I said this is where the draft really starts because the Texans control how this draft goes after pick number one. And they took C.J. Stroud, and you figured to yourself, okay, that's probably it. They'll probably pick a 12, get someone on the defensive side, and call it a night. They did not do that. They trade up with the Arizona Cardinals for the third overall pick. They trade a the number 12 pick, the number 33 pick, their first round pick in 2024, and I believe their third round pick in 2024. And in return, they get the third overall pick, and they got the 105th overall pick in the 2023 NFL Draft. And with that third overall pick, they got Will Anderson either way. So I wasn't completely wrong. They did get Will Anderson at the end of the night. Just wasn't in the right selection. But, man, what a draft for the Houston Texans. They get the franchise quarterback. They get now a leader on their defensive side. And if you're a Houston Texans fan, you finally have started to get a lot of optimism. You probably haven't felt this optimism since the Texans were up 24-0 against the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs a couple years ago. So D'Amico Ryans is building so far a really solid young team in Houston. Yeah, so this is, I mean, this was kind of my beef, right? Uh, so the assumption was the entire time, and you can't assume things because you make an ass out of you and me. Yep. That the Texans were going to take Will Anderson and yep. then hope. That's I mean, would hope fall. that someone would fall to 12. Yep. Right? So whether that be Stroud, Richardson, Levis, someone would fall to 12, which. Yeah. I think if In hindsight did happen, but yeah, I, I mean, I still think it could have happened. I still think really it could have happened because the pick at number four, which I'm going to go into turned out to be a gigantic smoke screen, but Indianapolis, uh, go, you can go into it. I'll, I'll, I have a, I have a comment for why they took him. Sure. So, but Indianapolis this entire time said, we're pretty much taking Will Levis, right? Yep. That was the assumption. Biggest smoke screen of all time, maybe to kind of fake out Seattle, who Richardson was linked to a little bit towards the end there. Yep. Takes Anthony Richardson. I have never seen a Colts style offense run the way uh, Richardson. They're going to be runs from himself as a player. Yeah. Um, to him, it's a complete uh, contrarian style from Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck and a couple of the Phil quarterbacks like Philip Rivers. Uh, that they've had in Carson Wentz in the in the meantime. So they've always been the pocket passer, 
the West Coast offense kind of team. And all of a sudden, you're going Anthony Richardson. You Anthony Richardson, mu- I think, is one of the best quarter. He's going to be a great quarterback. Yeah, high on him. But you are. for me, it was a it was a smokescreen, and I think it was kind of a little insulting to Will Levis as well. So here's a couple of things, and I'm not surprised they took Richardson at the end of the day. Remember who their new head coach is, and I'm trying to remember his his uh, his name. I think it's Steve Steichen. What is that his name? How to pronounce it? Either way, I'll, I'll get into that a little bit. But he is the former. Uh, offensive coordinator with the Philadelphia Eagles. And look what he did with Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts. Shane Steichen, that's his name. Sorry about that. Shane Steichen did great things with Jalen Hurts in that offense. And that's why the Eagles went to the Super Bowl last year. He thinks that with Anthony Richardson, you can create that same type of offense, especially with Jonathan Taylor as your running back. And what are the better offensive lines if they stay healthy in football? So... I'm not surprised at the end of the day they took them, but you're absolutely right. And listen, this whole draft pretty much was all about smoke screens because there were a lot of times where you thought someone was going to get taken by this team because of all the smoke screens you heard, and then they went in the opposite direction. For example, the Green Bay Packers. You thought they were taking offensive line after they traded up with the Jets. They went defense because that's a smoke screen. They were fooling everyone like most of the other GMs were in this draft. Um, you could have said the same thing about a team that we'll get into later, the Atlanta Falcons. We know how who they took. We'll get into that. But I like I don't mind the pick. I think if this if he was there at five, the Seahawks would have taken him. But because he wasn't there, the Seahawks went in a different direction and went corner instead of taking Will Levis. I'd like the move for Indy. I think if they're able to fully develop him, they might sit him this season. I would not be surprised if maybe they start Gardner Minshew. For the for maybe at least half the season, and then they go to Richardson at some point. But I wouldn't be surprised if they just started from day one. You have to try to find that franchise quarterback because Indy hasn't had that since Andrew Luck. So if they're able to find that in Richardson, the Colts could get back to the playoffs soon. Yeah, so uh, I think we've kind of all set our piece about the uh, the whole Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, Colts situation. So we can go into our next big pick, which was Bijan. The Falcons at eight, and this that is a was the smoke screen I was talking about. Yeah, this is a head scratcher. Right and here. I was telling Grayson this before the draft. I said I would not be surprised if the Falcons went that direction because I understand they have defensive needs. I'm not saying I agree with this pick or disagree with the pick. I understand it on a sense of yes, the Falcons. You know, you want that star running back. You did have a good running game last year. They were the number two rushing offense in the NFL, but. You get a star player that sells. That's gonna sell jerseys for you in the stands. I mean, I guess that works out for you. The problem for Atlanta is, they, like I said, they need a lot of help on the defensive side of the ball, and they didn't address that until the third round of this draft. They went offensive line in the second round with a guy I like from Syracuse, Matthew Bergeron. Um, at the end of the day, I, I agree. I don't tend to disagree with you. Jalen Carter was on the board that could have went corner. There was a couple of defensive edge rushers. They could have easily won with any of those picks, but instead they went with the running back out of Texas that does have generational talent, but it's tough considering that the Falcons have made picks like this before. We saw the Kyle Pitts draft a couple years ago. Now they do this. If you're a Falcons fan, you're not really sure how to feel right now. So, yeah, you get an absolute, maybe, dare I say, generational talent, B. John Robinson. 
Yeah. Uh, only because of his versatility. He's not a pure running back. He is not a pure passing back. He has that healthy mix of both, and he's the only reason why Texas was relevant this past year. Let's uh, let's be real. No, I'm not, I'm not. I don't disagree with that at all. So he was able to somewhat, dare I say, bring Texas back, but they're not really. Uh, but he made them relevant. He made Texas okay. relevant, which is a hard thing to do in the world of right. college football, especially after they've been suffering all these years. Since Vince Young, yeah. For, yeah, since Vince well, Young. Well, I'll say uh, Colt McCoy had some good years, but besides the point. Ah, uh, yes, of course, Colt McCoy. But like you said, Jalen Carter was right here. Right here for taking. Could have been a game changer. in Georgia. Yeah, game right changer there. on the defensive end, Jalen Carter. Well, he's more of a D-tackle, but yeah. besides the point. Yeah, that's a, besides the yeah, point. I, I know what you're getting at. He's, he he really helped that defense get better because that has been the problem for them. It was the heart the and soul of that Georgia defense. Ever since the 28-3 to collapse, that's been the problem for this team. It's been their defense. Yeah, but uh, a team smart enough realized, hey, this guy keeps on falling. And I think Jalen Carter would have been a consensus top two pick in the the last three or four drafts. Uh, I don't know if you would disagree with that or, or not. Based on, I mean, there were remember when the Bears had the number one pick. There was rumors that he could have been the number one pick, but then the whole incident, obviously, with the the you know the, the drag racing happened, so that ultimately ruined his stock. Killed his draft stock, yeah. And but you could have it, it absolutely made the case at the beginning of uh, when you know when the season ended, Jalen Carter could be number one or number two depending on what team, because the Bears had the number one pick at the time. Obviously, with the quarterback-needy team in Carolina moving up, you say to yourself, okay, maybe he goes to three to Arizona, because Arizona needs defense. And once that news broke out, then it really started even get further down to where he could be falling to number 10, or maybe have a Warren Sapp situation where he falls out of the top 10. So that's the only issue. Carter is a great talent. Obviously, he's got to fix the -the off-the-field issues. And it's funny that we talk about them because we'll get into that now. He gets drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles, which I really hate. And it really pains me that he did get drafted by the Eagles because they just keep taking Georgia players. And they have they had a great draft, as much as I hate to say it. They not only get him with the ninth overall pick, they then get Nolan Smith, who had a monster combine this this past, I think it was a couple, two months ago. And they get him with the 30th overall pick. And plus, they also traded for DeAndre Swift. I forgot to mention that in our notes. But yeah, the the Eagles getting really good talent. And I, I really, like I said, it pains me to say that because as a Giants fan, it's really tough to see a, a division rival getting this much good talent on your team. But at the end of the day, the Eagles get a guy that was the consensus top three pick at one point. And Nolan Smith, who at one point maybe could have went top 10 due to the, you know, the, the ability and the athleticism that he has. And it gives to that defense. So the Eagles, they're going to be an interesting team to watch for this season. Oh, absolutely. The Eagles, I think, uh, may be the winners of the draft. We'll go on that later. That's, uh, a, that's a debate, yeah. It's a debate. It's a debate, but they're in that conversation. Yeah. The next big pick was Jameer Gibbs to the Lions at 12, um, which made absolutely no sense at the time. But as time uh, went on, we realized that DeAndre Swift had asked for out of. Well, that was after the Gibbs pick. Out of was that really after the Gibbs pick? Yeah. Uh, now I really can't well, defend this. Well, there's a mix of it's a mix of this. So remember, DeAndre Swift did get benched a little bit last season for Jamal yes. Williams. So that also kicked in 
And then once the Gibbs pick happened, then that was it. Keep in mind, remember, this happened after the Lions traded the sixth overall pick to Arizona. After Arizona traded down to Houston, they then traded up to get back to six, get Paris Johnson. The Lions traded back down to 12, and they took Jameer Gibbs. And this was weird because you thought at that pick, okay, they're going to go corner. Because the Lions, they needed corner desperately. That was one of their biggest draft needs going into this draft. And Christian Gonzalez, a guy that we'll get into a little bit later, that Johnson now will know. He was a good corner. A lot of people believed he was the number one ranked I, yeah, corner I in this that. draft. I would tend to not disagree with that. Devin Witherspoon, you could make your case for him too. Um, the Lions, though, shocking the draft, taking Jameer Gibbs at number 12. And listen, I like Jameer Gibbs. I believe I agree that he should have been a first-round pick. I, I agree with everything on that. My issue with the pick was is that I think you could have probably taken him at pick 18. I don't think a team was going to take him in the top 15. Absolutely. I and agree. I think you have bigger needs on the defensive side that you need to address first before taking Jameer Gibbs. And then, not only that, then they took Jack Campbell at pick 18. And that was another pick that a lot of people scratched their heads on because that's a guy that a lot of people said that was going to fall into the – was going to be a mid-second round pick. And they took him at pick number 18. So, here's what I'll say. They're good players – Right, but I think you could have gotten them at later picks in the draft, and maybe it works out for Detroit. I don't know, but at the current moment in time, a lot of people are scratching their heads at how the Lions approach this draft. Uh, yeah, I think they're one of the losers of the draft. I think uh, the, I like I think the Brian Branch pick. I think that was their best pick of the draft. Sure, it, yeah, that, that I mean, was a really I'm, good pick. Yeah, a blind, a blind squirrel eventually finds a nut. That's that's true. <laughs> they also um, made think, another pick that we'll get into a little bit. But yeah, I, I, I think that Dan Campbell's trying to get fired and go to an actual team. I think that's what what boils down to. It's weird because the Lions, a lot of people believe, are the favorites to win the NFC North next season. And well, I mean, you have a collapsing Green Bay, uh, a Minnesota team that's lost. A, they lost a good amount of talent in the offseason. And you have the Bears. So. And the Bears are rebuilding. I, yeah. By default, I guess you have to say it's the Lions. You right? might. Listen, you could still say that the Vikings are the Packers, but the momentum that the Lions have going on, they might be the quote-unquote sexy pick for the NFC North this season. All right. So, I'm going I'm going to fade whoever. Um, I'm going to fade. If, I'm going to see what fade God's going to do, and then I'm going to fade him. So. Uh, right, book okay. it with Trent. Whatever you pick, I'm going to just uh, do the opposite. So Yeah, we're, we're still not over today. If, if yeah, you can tell, yeah, yeah, no, for for obvious reasons. Um, we talked about him a little bit earlier on. Will Levis. It was a rough night for Will Levis in round one. He fell out of the draft. Did not get drafted in the first round of this draft, and there was a lot of chances for him to get drafted. Just did not work out for him at the end of the day. Does end up getting his moment though in the second round as the Tennessee Titans trade up to pick number thirty three. They take Will Levis with the thirty third overall pick. So. Now creates an interesting quarterback group in Tennessee. Obviously, you have Ryan Tannehill, the aging vet. You have last year's, I believe he was a third-round pick in Malik Willis. And now you have Will Levis. It's really tough. So basically, this pick tells me that Malik Willis is done with the team. And they've already given up on him. And no, essentially, no, this no, is, no, 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 no. You don't no, think so? No, 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 no. I think this tells me that they're done with, uh, with Tannehill. 
I think. See, I I, did, I disagree. I say the Tannehill. This is probably his last year, and then next year he's done. You got. I I, I don't think they go Lovis this year. I think he's. I think he's gonna be the backup. If I Mike Vrabel's on the hot seat. Oh, absolutely. He's on a scorching hot seat right now. He should have been on the hot seat after they blew that game against the Bengals. Yeah, but he's the seat is scorching hot right now. Oh yeah, and he needs to stay. He needs to save his job. So I I don't think he cares about a thirty five year old man's ego. He doesn't care. Uh, So to me, I I don't disagree with you. If Will Levis goes into training camp and he kicks his ass, Will Levis is getting that starting job. If he doesn't, then it's gonna be Ryan Tannehill. It's gonna come down the training camp. If it's even remotely close. If it is even with a strip, you could say, hey, it's 50-50, they're going to start Levis because then at least Dan uh, Campbell, Mike Vrabel can fall back and say, hey, I got a rookie quarterback. We're, let, we're letting him learn. We went, you know, one game above 500. It's a step, you know, even though we're sometimes you have to take a step backwards, take a step to take a couple steps forward. You can make that argument if you're Mike Vrabel. If you start I, Will Levis. I don't know, because the way last season ended, they, they had the division in their hands, and then they lost, what was it, six, seven games in a row to end yep. the season? I mean, I'm not, I'm not so, so sure that, how much of a leash that, that, he has left. But that's what I'm saying. Like, he doesn't have much of a leash, but he has enough to work with that if he can, if he takes Will Levis next year, right? And it yeah. is he has a promising season, right? And even if they don't win the division, let's say they go nine and eight, I think he could buy himself another year. My I ish- really think if I, this issue- is the scenario, I, I think I would buy that would buy him another year. I think my issue with the Titans for, for doing that is they haven't really addressed um wide receiver as much. You look at the draft, obviously they got. What do you mean they've AJ Brown? Oh wait, yeah. Oh, you know no. who the number one wide receiver is right now? Uh, a homeless man masquerading as a slot receiver. That's perfectly describing Robert Woods. So correct. There we go. Yeah, we go. Robert. You have Robert Woods. You have um, who is the the guy that they're the Traylon Burks? Uh, they have another guy. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Um, is it Kyle Phillips. I think it's Kyle Phillips, yeah. I believe those are their top three receivers. They drafted a wide receiver in the seventh round this draft. They got a tight end finally. Um, Pierce Skaronsky was a good pick for their offensive line. I, oh, I absolutely. Mean, it does help them. That's a good pick. You, you can play him a guard or a tackle, so that does help Will Levis or whoever the quarterback is for next year. I just don't think the reason why I wouldn't start Levis is because I, I just don't see – the amount of offensive talent on this team besides Derrick Henry to really do anything with numbers for this season. Um, Derrick Henry, by the way, was the had the fifth most receiving yards on that team. I know, and that's the and the, that's the and the, remember they might trade him too. This could be his last season in Tennessee. So they're in a weird spot. I don't know where they go from here. I personally think you just ride one more year out with Tannehill, cut him after the season, or let his contract expire, whatever yeah. it is. And then you go to Levis after that. Uh, Josh Gordon did play a couple games with um with Tennessee, right? Did he catch anything? Uh, I don't think so. No, no. Oh, no that's not, so sad. I, I want him to I work remember. out. I want him. To, I want him to work out. He was a stud in Cleveland. He was that, a stud. That one season in Cleveland before the PEDs. 
and other oh, stuff. Well, <laughs> yeah, I guess we've been, uh, and man, I won't go into it. Yeah. Josh Gordon, I hope you I hope you doing well. Everyone's rooting for you. He's still in Seattle, I think. He's still with the XFL team. Yeah, I know. He, he him and I Ben Denucci. Ah, legendary. Um, then we we talked about the Lions earlier on the draft. We'll get into one more pick that they made in the draft, and it was a big time pick in the third round in the 68th overall pick, getting Hendon Hooker, the quarterback out of Tennessee. A lot of people thought that maybe he could sneak into the first round as the fifth quarterback taken. Obviously, with the Will Levis drop, he was not going to get taken in that first round. Did fall to the third round. That's due to the fact that, obviously, the ACL injuries are a concern. Plus, his age is also a concern. But he goes to the Detroit Lions, and he's going to be the backup quarterback for Jared Goff this upcoming season. And... You gotta believe he could maybe be the future quarterback of this team, depending on how much longer they want to go with golf. But I thought that to be a very interesting pick at the time, considering he's kind of old though, Hendon. Yeah, but you gotta think That's about the it. Problem. You're wasting a third. You're using a third round pick. I, I don't want to say waste. You're using a third round pick on a quarterback, and that has to say to your team, hey, listen, golf is our guy right now, but we have to look to the future. And yes, he might be 25, but in two years, maybe three, I would say more so, more likely two. So Hoka could be our starting quarterback. Here's my problem, Nick. Yeah. By the time Jared Goff was Hendon Hooker's uh, age, he had played four seasons in the NFL already. And right. I think he had gone to the Super Bowl. Keep in mind, the Cleveland Browns started Brandon Weeden when he was 28. They drafted him at 28 years of age. Yeah. How'd that I work now? I, all right, I I understand it's not a good comparison. I'm just saying that's a Browns team that didn't have any chance of winning. The Lions could give Hendon Hooker a chance to win because they have so much good talent on the offensive side of the of the field. That's why I say in two years, if he's able to learn under Jared Goff and is able to figure it out and you know finally get healthy, it could work out for Detroit. Yeah, but I mean, Jared Goff is he's not. 38 he's 28 that's the that's the problem so if i think if detroit had taken someone like i don't know 28 is a weird time to draft a backup quarterback that is a weird age um because you you really just either gave him an extension or in the middle of an extension and if it's a good quarterback you you plan on having him around another five six years at the very least I don't know. That's that's a weird time. If, I think if I think if Jared Goff was on the, the wrong side of Faraday, this well, would be completely justified. But the know. reason why I said it is this: he has two years left on his contract. That's why I get into it because I think if after two years, it's going to come down to do we pay Jared Goff off of what? It, it all depends on how the next two seasons go for the Lions. If they win divisions, get to the playoffs, and Goff puts up good numbers, then you have to give him money. But if you want to just say, hey, listen, we could save that money using our other free agents and have Hendon Hooker be our starter and, and see what he has. That's that's why I get into that, because they might not pay golf after two years. They might just roll the hooker at the end of the day, but it all depends on how Jared Goff does his next two seasons. So the pressure is going to be on him. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree with you. So I think with that, that really concludes our draft analysis. However... What's the biggest surprise you saw in this draft? Oh, it's... I mean, we touched about Jameer Gibbs. I thought that was one of the more surprising picks. Um, 
I didn't like the Packers taking Lucas Van Ness with that first round pick. I think that was kind of a surprise to me. I thought they would go offensive line. Can we talk about Will McDonald the fourth? Uh, I was just about to get to that pick. The issue, I'm not. The issue with that pick is the Jets panicked with that pick. Oh, 100%. Because the Jets had lost out on the bigger offensive tackles before that. And I said it, you know, I kind of said it, you know, not on on this show, but like off the show in general. The Jets kind of screwed themselves with that Aaron Rodgers trade in a sense because they moved back two spots. And that took them out of the potential to get one of those bigger offensive linemen when it comes down to offensive tackles. And Will McDonald was a first-round talent for this draft. I just don't think number 15 overall he was worth. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he could be great. I just figured with Nolan Smith on the board, I figured why not take Nolan Smith over Will McDonald. That that was the issue I had with that pick. Um, so, so I guess mine would be Will Levis falling, but I think we, we, talk, we touched about it earlier. Yeah. Um, so how I would look at it is kind of Michael Mayer falling to the second round too. Yeah, I thought he would be. I thought the Cowboys thought would take him. I thought he would be taken off the in the top twenty. I thought maybe. Uh, I thought maybe he goes to somewhere like Seattle, or he go. I know right outside the top twenty, Seattle, maybe Chicago. They want to give Justin Fields another weapon. I, I think he would have been great. I think he would have been great. He's a. He's not the greatest athlete, but yeah. he makes up with that with his other uh, his other intangibles. No, I I don't disagree. With I I like I said I thought when the Cowboys were picking at at what was it pick twenty six I figured okay this Michael has Mayer. to be Michael Mayer they need a tight end and they went defensive line then I saw the Cincinnati Bengals at pick twenty eight they also need tight end I figured okay this has got to be Michael Mayer they went with defensive end so I don't know I'm not going to question it but Joe I mean, Porter Jr. too him falling. Yeah, but he fell. He fell into the perfect spot. I mean, he goes right to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like we, you know, we kind of saw that happening in picks number seventeen when the Steelers had their original pick. But it all worked out for them. They got their offensive tackle in Broderick Jones, and they were able to still get Joy Porter Jr. with the second. Well, I should say second. Well, with their second round pick, the first pick of that second round at pick number thirty-two. So it all worked out for Pittsburgh. They had a really good draft. One of the better teams, you know. Overall, in the draft class, I'm trying to think of what would be my biggest surprise. It's really tough because there's there was a lot of shocking well, moments I think from this. Draft. Biggest surprise would be the Texans trading up the three by far. Oh, I would, uh, yeah, I that's that I definitely would be the biggest surprise. I'm trying to go by pick wise. If I had to pick one that kind of shocked me. I would probably say the Falcons because I, yes, said that maybe they would take Bijan, but I didn't think they would actually do it. I figured, okay, they have, they're going to go defensive line. Maybe they get it off at the tackle to help Desmond Ritter because he's still trying to develop. And they went with the running back. So I don't know. It didn't, didn't really seem like they needed a running back considering, like I said earlier, how they were the number two rushing team in the NFL last season. But when you have a generational talent there, I guess you take them. But I guess that would be my most shocking pick. I think the, sho- the one of the shockers also was Christian Gonzalez falling. I didn't really oh, expect him that. to fall to 17. That was great. And I think that perfectly kind of segues into our kind of our final topic, which is how we think our teams did. I know 
you were very happy about Christian Gonzalez falling to pick number 17. That was after the Patriots traded down with the Pittsburgh Steelers to from 14 to 17 to do it. They were still able to get a guy that was considered number one or number two in the cornerback class this year. Yeah, no, I think that he was uh, he was one of the guys I wanted. I wanted maybe him or I wanted Bijan. Bijan was more of a stretch. I mean, they were both stretches. Uh, I, I, if you told me that we got Christian Gonzalez and, the, and we traded for him, like, okay, how many picks did Bill give up to get him? We were able to trade down, screw over the Jets, yep. and get Christian Gonzalez. So we got draft capital, screw over a division rival, and get Christian Gonzalez, the guy we wanted. So to me, home run. Uh, love that pick. Love the Keon White pick uh, from Georgia Tech. Uh, I didn't love trading up for a kicker. That was yeah, kind of a... Uh, they traded up with the Jets to do it. Uh, yeah, I didn't really like that. Uh, drafting a punter, I think around 200. Maybe it was like 190, 200. Whatever, you draft a punter. Yep. Uh, the Mario Douglas. We got a wide receiver finally out of Liberty. And we yep. also got Kayshawn uh, Booty from LSU. Love I like Kayshawn well. Booty. I think, he's, I think he'd be good. he could be good. Yeah, I mean, uh, but the, we took a Liberty wide receiver, so I'm excited about that. Yeah. You know, yeah. these guys from smaller schools could be could be better. And then if so, I have a PFF uh, link of every team's draft game uh, draft grade. What do you think your team got? I don't know if you remember. I, I would have given a, last I, year. I, last I, night? I, I said last say night I would have given a B or B plus. That's what I would have given. So I'm satisfied. Yeah. Yeah. PFF gave them an A minus. So I don't tend to disagree. I think the Christian Gonzalez pick alone. And you also got Keon White, as you said. I think those two picks alone. It, that's a good draft for New England. You can't really yeah. go wrong with that with that draft. No, I 100% agree with you. And uh, Nick, how do you think the Giants did? I loved our draft. A lot of people thought we had one of the best drafts in the in the whole NFL, up there with the Philadelphia Eagles and the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't tend to disagree. A lot of people questioned the move up to get the Deontay Banks. I understood it because the Dallas Cowboys were also trying to move up to get a player. It could have been Deontay Banks, so... And it was also Buffalo Bills, I think, too. They were potentially trying to move up with Jacksonville. And you saw it after the Giants made their pick. They did trade up to pick 25 to get um, Dalton Kincaid. So I like the Deontay Banks pick. I mean, he's a very athletic corner that fits the press-style defense that Wink Marindale runs for the Giants. We were able to get John Michael Schmitz in the second round, our starting center for this season. So huge first two picks. And then... The pick that I love the most, and I, I, I've been saying this for a while, and it's funny because I talked to Grayson I, as the draft was going on. I said to him, I, pick, I think it was pick number 70. I said to him, oh, I mean, Jalen Hyatt's still on the board, but I mean, the Giants are like 19 picks away. They're not going to get him. And as I said that, two picks later, I see a trade alert. It says the Giants have traded up. And I said, huh, like, what do we do? So the Giants trade up that pick. They trade their third round pick and their fourth round pick in that draft to move up to pick 73. And they get Jalen Hyatt. And I love the pick. Won the Bolitnikoff Award last year. Had that monster game against Alabama where he scored five touchdowns in that one game. I think he could be a really big time wide receiver for this offense. Could help Daniel Jones improve a lot more than he did from last season. Yeah, a lot of receiving options for Daniel Jones going into this year. You had a young receiver like Hyatt, who, if developed nicely and could fix his route running, that was one of the issues that he had. He's more of a deep threat type of wide receiver. If they're able to make him kind of more of a route runner, 
and plus add to his deep threat ability, it could be a monster steal for the New York Giants at the end of the day for this team. Plus, you, as I said, you're able to get that center. You're able to get a corner that helps defense. Also got Eric Gray in the fifth round, who I think could be a good running back if developed nicely. It's all about development. That's all the NFL draft is. If the Giants can do well with these three guys and Eric Gray, maybe, it's a home run draft. PFF gave us an A+. I don't want to be biased, but I I don't tend to disagree with the pick. I so, love how the draft went for us. So this is why I would give the Giants an A+, and it's going to be contingent on Jalen Hyatt. To me, yeah. Jalen Hyatt has a higher ceiling than Deontay Banks. I I don't tend to disagree because I think... I, I think he's either, and, and not to cut you off, I think no, he's yeah. either going to be a guy that on day one is going to get 1,000 receiving yards or he's going to be a bust. Right. I, I, I That is why, because you're getting extreme potential in the third round, but you, you really don't get... You don't get those guys in the third rounds like, well... I think he can be a thousand yard receiver. No, the thousand yard receivers are gone by the early second round. Look at how the first round went. There was a run of wide receivers. Four straight wide receivers went off the board before the Giants went to pick. Wide receiver panic. Yeah. Um, and, but uh, yeah, I think I think he's got a uh, he's got great great athleticism. He's fast. He, his vertical is good. His broad jump is good. Yeah. Like you said, the the route running right. I think mm-hmm. out of all the uh, the pure athletes, at least at the receiver position, he'd be one or two. Right, and I think the biggest thing going forward for him, I think overall for this team, is you got to make sure that that contract was worth it for Daniel Jones. By adding these guys, you're able to get that center. And also think of it this way, too. The Giants, when they traded up for Deontay Banks, gave him a fifth and a seventh round pick. In that trade with the Rams, they gave up that current third and a fourth. So it costs a lot more, in a sense, to go up and get Jalen Hyatt. But it could pay off because that just shows how much the Giants have faith and how much stock they have in that guy. And also, by the way, for a funny note, Johnson, about that, that pick the Giants gave up in the fourth round. Do you know who the Rams took with that pick? Oh, yes. I believe uh, Stetson Bennett. That was Stetson Bennett, yep. The Giants pick helped the Rams get potentially maybe their future quarterback. I don't know. I'm not going to said no. Said no one there. Uh, hey, I, I, you never know. The NFL is a crazy world. But yeah, I I love the draft for the Giants. Um, they were one that, like I said, one of the highest ranked teams when it came to draft grade with the Philadelphia Eagles and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, and it's funny for me too because the the team that had the worst grade according to PFF, the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> so I consider this draft a win. Uh, yeah, I would say this is a uh, home run. Yeah, I if you're a Giants fan, you gotta you gotta have optimism after the, the way the season went down for you, and then how this draft went is as long as everything works out perfectly, maybe they get back to the postseason this year and give us another good year out of it. Brian Dable and Joe Shane, they've got things cooking for this team, and I know for your sake, for the New England Patriots, obviously the division gets a little bit tougher now, as now. I don't know if you would. I know you're not going to agree with it, but the Jets obviously get Aaron Rodgers. All this to win eight games. Yeah, I mean that could that could happen. You never know. But the, the AFC East is getting a lot dif- difficult. But with the draft like that that you guys had, there's still a possibility that you guys could make the postseason too. It just all depends on how you guys develop. And if Mac Jones can bounce back after a tough second season in the NFL, we'll have to see. But any final thoughts from this NFL draft? 
Uh, can we skip to August? <laughs> well, I know once August gets here, we'll get into our our you know our kind of our one year anniversary of the All Gas No Break show with um, doing a recap of the off season, the NFL, going into the preview of the NFL season. One of our very first shows, kind of you know developing what how the show has gone on as a whole based off of that one show and i'm sure once we get to that show it will be a very fun one in determining who gets to the playoffs who wins the divisions and who ultimately wins the super bowl because after how we did last season that was one of the more talked about shows we had due to some of our very hot takes that we had on the show so oh absolutely it will be a fun one to to listen to but we'll have to see how that goes on in the next couple of months but that is going to do it for this week's All Gas No Break Sports Show. The NFL Draft was a very, very wild ride. It will be a very interesting offseason for the next couple of months and seeing who gets the playoffs for the NFL and maybe who could get one step closer to the Super Bowl. Once again, this is Nicholas Bavona joined alongside by Andrew Johnson with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. Have a great rest of your weekend. <laughs>